The following announcement has been paid for by Wild Games Productions. Hi, this is Malcolm and Karen from House of Trades, and with you're listening to Roll, Roll for, Initiative. for Initiative. My fellow Americans. This is Max Hedrum, and what you're about to witness is one of the most sinister-sounding intros to a trailer. Initiative Podcast, where 1E is the place to be. Roll for Initiative Podcast, this is Volume 6, Issue 178, Vince sitting alongside Nick. Howdy, howdy, howdy. And special guest this week coming in for some cross-promotion, DM Glenn of Thacko's Hammer. Take one. Hey! hey. hey. I, had to, I had to get the clapboard in there. Hiya, folks. There you go. Glenn, it's how you big- doing, buddy? It's the big mouth back again. Oh, I'm doing okay. I'm, I've been sitting here trying to do up my list for North Texas RPG Con stuff I have to take and all that stuff. And the sharpies are ready for autographs. And you know, I got my games all, all my ducks and are getting in a row. How about you? Uh, well, we're getting ready for the same convention. We'll be uh, hanging out and playing some games, doing some podcasting. You know, the yada 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 yada. When is North Texas RPG Con, by the way? It well, by when this goes out, it'll be this whole show will go out um, by Tuesday. It should next North Texas is three days later. Well, that's pretty oh, so good. it is this coming weekend. Okay. Yeah, the first yeah. it's the first weekend of June. Um, yeah, that's pretty. You know that that's a better. I, if I if I said that on Thaco's Hammer, it's like oh they're gonna hear this four months out. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, you guys record a little bit ahead of time, and it's just like. You know, it's like June. It's like, hey, happy Halloween, everybody. What? What? <laughs> yeah, we've we've got we've we've got a quite a buffer, quite I, a backlog. I was less one of the shows you had. Corey was like, oh, everybody, I hope everybody's having a great Christmas. I'm like, um, Corey, it's like March. What the hell? Yeah. yeah. Every time I have a special thing, I want to promote somebody or something. It's like I got to think. Well, is it going to be like two months over by the time this comes out? <laughs> Yeah, you guys kind of save your episodes up on Thacko's Hammer and then release them all with a big bang and like a cannon shot, it seems like. Well, like a I'm hammer glad, hit. Yeah, my hammer hit. I, I'm kind of glad we do because that way we can compensate for like one or two of us or none of us being there. Hmm. Like I know this summer I'm going to be traveling a lot. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm going to be catch as catch can on the show. And right. it's like, it's a good thing. Okay, we got a four episode backlog. Okay, no problem, you know. Or they, I give them permission. I gave them permission. Do a show. Do shows without me. I'll resent it later. But do shows without me. <laughs> but we did that on uh, back when you and I were on Save or Die together. We did that for quite a while. We had like four, five, six shows up in the can. Oh yeah, yeah, with rotating hosts. Yeah, when we had the A team and the B team. 
Yeah, the team of the V team. We gotta get. I wish we could get Julie back. Mm. Oh yeah, Julie. Uh, was Julie it? and Crispy. Yeah. Ah, uh, uh, Crispy. Crispy well, on Thanos. Yeah, he loved doing Thanos Hammer. I unfortunately, that. we got reviews that people used to vomit every time Crispy came on RFI. Plus, that became would, a running gag for a while. Because he was vomit on the show. No. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously, no. people wrote in were like, every time I hear Crispy on the show, I want to vomit. I'm like, whoa. Come on. Yeah. He's such a nice guy. He is. <laughs> we had so much fun with him on the show. You mentioned Crip thing to, to like Corey, and he will just start laughing. Why? Well, we had a, we did we did a, an episode on the crypt thing, and, and of course the first thing out of my, after Brian does the stats, the first thing out of my mouth is where would you find this monster? Yeah, really. And both Corey and Crispy jumped on me. Well, I don't know uh, a crypt, <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and you know why? And, and then you know Corey goes, no, 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 wait a minute, holy, 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 just that's an idea. We can. Put it in a crypt, and they just did like five minutes on that, oh riffing God. on that, huh? Yeah, riffing on that, and that was Lord. probably one of the funniest shows we ever did. So yeah, Crispy's all right in my book. Oh, I like Crispy. He's a great guy, great uh, improv guy, great voice guy. I like him a lot. Oh yeah, um, yeah, he is. He's a wonderful guy. Yeah, you, you get you get everybody to crack up on my show. Have him do Arnie. One thing I do miss is his podcast, Critical Wits. Oh yeah. When he used to take, the, he used to take the spaces and like, uh, sp- uh, <laughs> what was that he took out of them, Glenn? Um, he, took, he, t- he went through. I think he had something on there where you can take pauses out. And it was just like this to show with everything. I was like, like it was on crack the entire show. <laughs> yes. That's crazy. <laughs> I never thought to do that. Thank you. We could condense a two and a half hour show into thirty minutes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Crispy <laughs> figured the format out. Yeah. Oh, it sound nice. like you're on crack. Saturday What have you been doing, Nick? A weasel on crack. Um, let's see. Uh, what was it? Last week, I th- we played uh, Aces and Eights, Western role-playing game. How is that? I've heard good things it's, about it. It's fun, you know. If, if you want something for a change of pace, and if you, if you dig the Western genre in one form or another, I always liked it from the angle of the spaghetti Westerns, you know? Yeah. You ever seen like yeah. the original Django series, or uh-huh. um, you know the Man with No Name series by Sergio oh, Leone? All the Sergio Leone stuff. Yeah, I love that stuff. But uh, my friend Frank yeah. Once wanted upon to do a time in an RPG. Yeah, <laughs> he wanted to do like a a mini campaign for just this summer. So we're like, yeah, sure, what the heck, we'll, we'll do it. And I made up. Uh, let's see, my character is uh, we, we're a bunch of oddballs. Nobody picked anybody who's like regular. We got one uh-huh. guy who's English. My character's German. Um, we got one woman <laughs> and one guy who's mixed Asian and African American. Ah. <laughs> so we're, we're all a mess. But it's oh, it's boy. been pretty fun so far. Really enjoying it. So That's good. And, I and, saw a, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. What? Uh, the, the coolest thing about the game, at least in my opinion, is the the backstory, the history, how the West could have been, mm-hmm. and where uh-huh. history diverged? It's basically history. Oh, is this di- one of those? Yeah, oh, is this one of those uh, what if Western? Well, yeah. um, in a sense, it doesn't go off to anything like crazy weird, like 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 uh, zombies and stuff like that. Uh-huh. But where history diverged uh, in the in uh, U.S. history was when Aaron Burr had his duel. And uh-huh. and then this one, Aaron Burr won. <laughs> ah, 
Well, so, have, and that's where the whole history diverged. That's funny. It seems like they like to do that with the Westerns. They did the same thing yeah, with the I Deadlands. I mean, Deadlands, okay, I'm, I, I'm buying it for Deadlands, okay? But when it gets into, like, Dead, Deadlands Noir yeah, or Deadlands yeah. Hell on Earth, what do you mean this country's still separate? Come on. Yeah. Well, they in, in Deadlands, they decided that the South won the war, and they just kept the split, and that's how they... And then all of a sudden, Supernatural stuff started happening. I was like, uh... Yeah, oh, uh, right. yeah and this yeah. one, uh, the CSA is still around. Mm-hmm. It's not as big as it is. Um, Texas never got absorbed to the Union. They're, st- they're their own republic. Of course. Just like Deadlands, yeah. yeah. And um, out west in the Utah area, the Mormons, they're trying to eke out their own country. Yeah, and then... California still belongs to the Mexico or something? Uh, actually, California is split in half. Part of it's Mexico, part of it's the Union. Uh-huh. And um, New Orleans is still French. That whole little area around New Orleans, uh-huh. around the, the Louisiana what, Delta, that's the, still French. I've got the Deadlands Noir books for Sound mm-hmm. of Worlds. I think, I think the Deadlands Noir, the first book, it has like the system for Savage Worlds, but it also gives you the setting, which is set in New Orleans, which I thought, uh-huh. that's unusual. Okay, that's cool. I thought they put it in like Chicago or New York or something. Even the Native Americans have their own country of Sequoia, which yeah. is modern day Oklahoma in this. So ah, okay. it's pretty cool, though. It's really fun. So, and that, another than that, just um, gearing up to go to Origins in a couple of weeks. Can't wait. Yay. Oh, I uh, yeah last last year they ran the same time as North Texas and it's like how yeah. are we gonna get anybody? We had a fine con, but I kept going how are we gonna get anybody here if it's Origins yeah. is the same weekend? Um, I saw a blog that had a Western role playing game that guy was working on and he put it up on his blog. I can't remember the name of the blog, but I do remember the name of the system. He called it uh, uh, "Bring Out Your Coffins." Zapata and Django are in town. Oh, oh, I would love it already. It's like just for the title alone. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I love the uh, Zapata Westerns. Those are really cool. Zapata. That's it. Zapata. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's Lee Van Cleef, right? Yeah. That's the um, actual name of the book? Yeah. Well, it's on his his blog. He hasn't published yet. Hmm. But he said, "Well, here's the here's the basics for the stuff, and it looked pretty pretty interesting." It, it's hard to emulate a good Western in RPGs because everybody, I, I find that everybody, when you do a Western, they're always like, "Well, it's a bullet, and in real life, a bullet kills a gun." And it's just like you got to smack them and say, "This is not real life; it's a game." Right. Right. Yeah. Otherwise, you wouldn't have like steampunk and stuff. The most well placed shot sometimes won't kill a person unless it's really well placed. I mean, most yeah. of the time in the westerns, they were running and shooting, unless it's like, and and. James Spawn, we were talking about this the other day. It's something we're gonna be talking about James Spawn later. But uh, James was telling me he's like, yeah, even the well placed shot while running was still gonna wound somebody, not kill them. They may have a chance to kill them flat out, but right. of course that's the game. But the only person that's gonna be really dead straight on will be in a duel or a showdown, because yeah. those are well placed. Even the best gunfight, exactly. you know, would still miss sometimes. Yeah, they could miss. Uh, I understand that because my my uh, castles and crusades worlds it's steampunk clockwork. Uh, you know, I got my character. The characters are running around with air air rifles and air pistols, <laughs> and the pirates they got they had steam cannons. Yarr. And it's like I just said flat out that you know you can't puncture armor with a with a shot mainly because it's an air rifle and it's an air gun. It does less damage than a real gun. All right. You know. All righty. 
Uh, so anyway, um, Nick, we have any stars this week? Um, yes, we do. We have one star, one one review, five you mean stars. Besides me? Oh, okay. <laughs> but I'm thinking about me. I'm sorry. No, no, peanut gallery. Be quiet. Yes. Uh, but yeah, we have one review, five stars over there at iTunes. So remind everybody, you can head to iTunes, go to the uh, search for Roll for Initiative in the iTunes store, and you can give us a review from there, or you can listen to downloaded episodes. So we have a five-star review from Aju in the 612, which I looked up, which is in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, I believe. <laughs> and they say, uh, he says, great podcast, five stars. And says, I'm not much of a 1E player, but it's a very enjoyable listen. Lots of good ideas for any game system. Keep up the good work. Well, thank nice. you, Aju and the 612. Well, we try. <laughs> and I, I, can, I can tell. If you don't like 1E, you're probably going to like T. so go listen to Thanko's Hammer, too. Oh, there on there. iTunes. Shameless plug. Shameless. <laughs> shameless. Glenn, I Glenn, mean, shameless is my middle name. What can I say? Glenn, it how is? do we find Thacko's Hammer? Where you find Thacko's Hammer at thackoshammer.info. Awesome. And iTunes. That's and right. uh, you know, if you want to write us, thackoshammer at gmail.com too. I'm sure you guys have a, uh, a a where they can write you. RFI staff at gmail.com. Five seven zero eight six five forty two ten is our hotline. The Notice hotline. I'm not giving out the Thaco's Hammer number because I can never remember it. So, <laughs> just like when we were doing the podcast with with Eric's blog, he used to always say uh, Tanker's Tavern at Blogspot. <laughs> <laughs> used to tick him off when you did that. Maybe that was one of the reasons. Okay, fine. Nah, 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 nah. He said, I, I do that as a running joke now when we do on the uh, the Five E show. Yeah, I'll say, and you can contact Eric by going to Tanker's Tavern at Blogspot. He'll go no and start laughing hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway um yeah oh actually glenn there wasn't there um a little plug you wanted to give to the gentleman who's doing gangbusters yes yes uh, mark hunt is turning out some incredible work for gangbusters on drive through rpg and rpg now and he is also preparing to uh, do a fifth edition of gangbusters awesome um, wow. Which is not out yet. The starter set you can get for about $35, maybe probably less on, I think it's on PDF, but you find some of the PDF stuff. Like he's coming up with, he came up with another town south of Lakefront City um, and a couple of couple of adventures. Um, I'm going to be running his gangbusters with his drafts of some of the stuff at the con. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to jump in that um, game, definitely. Um, now we're talking yeah, like yeah, no pressure like for the me. old TSR Gangbusters. Yeah, game? Yes, yeah, yes. Oh wow, that's so cool. Yeah. Yes, and uh, you know they came out as a box set originally, the first yep. edition, and then the second run, the second edition came out as just a book, but mm -hmm. they called it third edition. Right. Because well, the thinking was because three E was out at that time, and it's like okay, we'll call this third edition too, which doesn't make any sense, but we're going to do it. So, following that numbering, he Mark's calling his fifth edition. So, we're going to be skipping every other edition. Ah, okay. Oh, so they're going by the Windows uh, Microsoft tradition now. Pretty much. Or and, Star Trek, because uh, the odd he's number also expanded. Yeah, he's also expanded the game to not just Prohibition, Coppice, and Robbers. He's trying to get into the more supernatural, mystical stuff. Ooh. Like, you know, um, you know, they have 
people you remember like the swamis with the turbans and mm-hmm. the guys who do seances and stuff like that and mystical things and also he wants to get into like the the hooded figure like the shadow or the spider uh, the shadow so kind of going into a like a a, a 20s 30s uh pulp sort of thing a bit, a bit more pulp but you can still do the prohibitionary gangsters and things like that or even push it further out to like the 30s or 40s after oh. prohibition um so he wants to expand it and i, and I always say him i says you're not going to get into cthulhu or don't get into cthulhu please don't get in he's no 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 because because as far as i'm concerned that's saturated yeah yeah you know At there's so point. many games with cthulhu variants out there at this point, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. Which is... Oh, never mind. Tell Mr. Oh. Hunt to uh, give us an email. We'll be glad to happy to have yeah. him on the show and review his stuff so he can uh, be perfect fine. for our show because it's during the same time era, so... Well, yeah, I mean, I can send you a few things. Uh, I know I've got... I bought a couple of his supplements. The starter kit is really nice. It only gives you one class, the private investigator. Oh, but it's summer. enough to get you started. Yeah. It gives you an adventure, gives you the supplements he's done so far in actual hard copies. And I just go, because I got the original set, and I'm just going, I, I looked at the box online. It was $35. I go, oh, yeah, I've got that. I've got that. So, ooh, minis. <laughs> I want the box. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, but well, you, know, you could right. probably find that by going to RPGnow.com and searching keyword gangbusters, I would assume. Yes. I know he doesn't actually have a website set up for it exactly yet because he's still trying to get yeah. his company name together, you told me. He is. He is. He's he's trying to call it Black Mask, so he's trying to figure out if that's usable as in what he's doing and because I mean, he knows it's copyrighted for, you know, like literary things and everything, but he's doing a game. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he has to pay him a butt full of money just like he asked him to do with the Arkham the uh, Arkham house yeah who knows but uh, yeah he's going to have the book out by the end of the year it's going to be a nice hardback it looks like it's going to be digest size at least that's what everybody's hoping and it's about 200 pages and it's wow looks like a well worth the money end of plug (laughs) I'm looking on um, let's see here on RPG Now looks like Icons has a Gangbusters too. I noticed. Icons. Why yeah, would I, that's you mean Steve Kenson's Icons. Ad Infinitum, Infinitum Adventures, I think it's called. Ad Infinitum Adventures. That's I don't thing, know yeah. anything about that. Is Gangbusters the Blue Detective Agency beginner game the one you're talking? Yeah. Yeah, yeah the blue, the blue. What does it say? The blue. The blue <laughs> no, book. It's to- totally, totally left my mind. Okay, so okay, it's four ninety nine for the PDF, nine ninety nine for the soft cover, and fourteen ninety nine for the combination. Yeah, he's got things out like Welcome to Rock Junction, which is the the city he uses, like forty miles down from Lakewood City. Think, uh, think Detroit, you know that kind of thing. Um, and there's one called Joe's Diner down there, out there that's pretty good. That gives you a, a place to you know to start your campaign. Cool. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll have to uh, send him an email yeah, and see if we can get Yeah, Tales and show. Paranormal Investigations of Blue Book Detective Agency, a.k.a. Gangbusters. Oh, wow, I mean, that does look cool. Yeah, it does. We'll have to definitely talk to him on the show. He's yeah. doing a bang-up job with it, too. Yeah, and he I'm, listens to me, which is nice. I'm excited, too, because I actually loved that game younger, and a lot of people didn't like playing it, so I was kind of annoyed. I never got to play it when it came out. Aww. Yeah, neither have I. No, none so, of, nobody so I knew was right interested now, in it. If it wasn't D&D and it wasn't Champions, they didn't want to deal with it. Wow. I'm surprised they actually sat down and played Marvel once with me. 
Shocked. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, head into our main segment of the show now, and uh, we'll be right back. Yeah. I remember back in the day, a fella knew how to judge a fireball on the fly and how far the cleric could push the undead he turned. I tell you, with all these min-maxers and munchkins, metagame and power game, there's something missing that I'm here to learn you. Now sit down and crack your book while I commence to teach you some. Table manners. So... This week, we're going to sit down and kind of a little discussion here. We're, we're all sitting down anyway, so. But. <laughs> I'm not. I'm standing. All right, yeah. Nick. Uh, we're going to take. I'm laughing. We recently got in our mailbox uh, a copy of The Hero's Journey Fantasy Role Playing by James Spawn. It's compatible with Sword and Wizardry White Box and has some elements of first edition and second edition in it, Glenn. So maybe you might be able to review this on Thacos with the other boys. Okay, Might be good to hear I, their I looked at it, but not that close, so I will have to relook at it and see if there's anything we can use. Uh, yeah, he said there was some elements of first and second in it, so it might be it'd be good to hear what Fulon has to say or what Corey has to say about it too. Uh, I can co- I can get them copies and they yeah. can look yeah. at it. And... and James will gladly send them the PDF if uh, you just give him a holler. He'll probably just send it out for you. Uh, uh-huh. So okay, let's gonna let's do first impressions starting with Nick. Just first general impressions of the book, Nick. First general impressions uh, made me think back to when I was a kid first starting playing D&D, honestly. Okay. I love the cover. Yeah. And yeah. if anybody who's familiar with the works of Tolkien, that's like uh, an homage to uh, what was would have been The Hobbit, that cover. It's like the, it's like the, the cover. Yeah, the cover. Sleeve. Well, what a, what a shock because yeah. the name of his company is Barrel Rider Games, and you kind of yeah. like that, right? Yeah. Uh, all right. So, Glenn, first impressions. Uh, what he said, I thought it was really well, well produced. Um, the cover just evokes that whole token, Tolkien esque um, thing. Um, thing. I'm trying to pull it up while I'm talking, and <laughs> yeah, that that's like. It gets me in the mood right away. Gets you in the mood for what? Love making, Glenn? I mean, what are you in the mood for doing? I mean, come on now. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, it gets me in the mood to, to be in a fantasy world and play. It's yeah. like I look at the cover and go, all right, let's go. Pull out the dice and let's go. Yep, exactly. When I first saw the cover, the book, and everything, I was just, I was like, really staring at the front cover and I'm looking at it and I'm like this is really cool now what the heck does this remind me of it kind of reminds me of like the old like I don't know like really late 70s 3D mm-hmm. hex map type things for the adventures that they used mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. where like each like hex were represented like 50 miles or something you know, remember those colors Nick that they used to oh, have yeah. oh yeah absolutely me of that. and then I flip it over and there's a picture of uh, a Gygax like Hobbit on the back of what yes I, I that cracked me up. So. Yeah, I like that. Well, I didn't get it until Nick mentioned it. Oh, okay. So it's like I went back and go, damn, he's right. I pick up on those things. I'm pretty sharp. Yeah, I know. My, my wife says, boy, for an actor, you're not very observant. I know. <laughs> Thanks, the honey. One, the number one thing I could say about this book is that, James, I want to highlight this on page seven. It says rule number one, the most important rule is that a referee always has the right to modify the rules. In fact, it's mm-hmm. encouraged. There are gaps in the rules, holes which we didn't fill on purpose because much of the fun of old school, in quotes, 
Gaming is making up the rules as you need them. He took the time to actually put that in the book, so people who are not old school gamers or from the right. generation of old school gaming understand. Well, why isn't there a rule for this? Well, why isn't there a rule for that? He explains right there. It's because you have to kind of bridge the gap and roll the dice how you see fit. It's like we always that, said on that, the show: rulings, not rules. Exactly. Yes, that's coming back. I noticed like Tunnels and Trolls Deluxe put the same thing in there and a couple other retro clones that I have say yeah. the same thing. And, you know, it's to me, I'm always going, it's a shame we have to remind them, but yeah, I'm glad it's there. Well, you have to look at it now these days uh, that since everybody in the newer generation of gaming is like, well, you know, fifth edition is cool and people keep saying it's harkening back to the olden days and they want to look back to the olden days and they're looking at these other games like the Hero's Journey, for example, or <clears throat> Mazes and Perils, cheap plug, uh, that my game. <laughs> and they're like, well, these are like old school, but there's like stuff missing. So putting these little uh -huh. disclaimers in there for those people who are like rule centric. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, a couple thing, other things that I've noticed that stand out in this book that I really liked uh, is, other than rule number one, but the interior, uh, interior, excuse me, uh, well laid out. Uh, the layout was done by uh, Michael Herman. He did a good job. Yeah, he did some of the art. Actually, yeah. he did the front cover and the uh, of the book and everything. Well, he did a fantastic job. He also did the editing of the book. The layout is beautiful. Good color, flows nice. Yeah, I have to say the editing. I hadn't. I don't think I really found any typographic type. You know, syntax errors or anything like that. See, I could talk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, half in the bag, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you ever been in that bag? Wow. Yeah, really. <laughs> Yeah, so, did you guys tight. notice uh, on page eight the difference when the attributes in this game compared to the rest? Yes. Of the yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Like willpower. Willpower. And then we have uh, appearance as opposed to charisma, mm. and we also have luck. Yes. Yes. Which I would guess we would luck would be something kind of like um, I don't know, a, a fate or something in different games. Now, right? now yeah. there I now there I see a two E influence. Yeah, is that because, a two E thing? Well, it's if you go into the uh, like the players option books, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think it's skills and powers. You add those on there as an option. Actually, I can even see it goes back further than that. Luck was an attribute in uh, basic role playing by Chaosium. Oh, all right. You had that you had that luck attribute there. Yeah, well, yeah. I was I was I was referring to the basic class and level D and D. Oh, you're right. right. You're right. I got you. Because like Savage Worlds has luck too. So yeah. Um, but yeah, that's something. You know, if I show that to Brian, he go yeah, because Brian loves stuff like charisma and things mm -hmm. like that and personality. Um, luck is a great stat or attribute to have if you want to have a game that's a little more. Um, theatrical, a little more cinematic in its yes. approach. Yes. Well, let's say so. luck. Some folks are just lucky for better or for worse, whether they've got a garden angel on their shoulder or the devil at their heels. Blind fate has an impact on their lives. This mm -hmm. is reflected in the luck attribute. Luck is important to jesters, which is a new class. A yes. Guy, it's a Gygax influence class, obviously, because mm -hmm. I've only ever seen Gygax write it in... in um, oh, what was it in? Um... Shoot, uh, I'm trying to think. On Earth, Arcana. No, 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 no. I, I, at least it wasn't in the one. Well, either, right? Adventures Dark and Deep has the Jester. Yeah, but I know Gygax had it somewhere in one of his books. It was never actually published. Well, maybe it was in a drag. Dangerous, Dangerous Journeys. Drag. 
I think it was Dangerous Journeys had it. I I'm I know that the other one did not have it. What was the um Legendary Adventures, I think. Yeah, Legendary Adventures I don't believe had Jester in it though. Yeah, I'm just the only reason why I remember Dangerous Journeys is like it was on the shelf for only two months and then they had the quickie pull quickly pull it. You know, I'm really upset about that too because uh not that back then, but Right now, I was at um, the Recycle Books here, Glenn. You're familiar with the place here in Denton. Oh, yes. Recycle Books. They had uh, Dangerous Journeys right there on the shelf for 25 bucks, And I'm like, eh. I did one of those, and I'm like, uh, I said, uh, no, and I passed, and the next day it was gone. Uh, yeah, that'll happen. I know. I should have bought it, but whatever. I know. I know. I did that with movies and stuff. But um, I was surprised to see the acrobat and the option for the thief acrobat is like whoa that's going back to unearth arcana yeah yeah one thing that does stand out also in here besides the class i, I was going to get to that in a second but the the house rules everywhere there's a little blue block yeah with house little rules. blue box um i'm just going by chapter by chapter so races we have the standard pretty much human dwarf half, half elf which is a little unusual for um Half like orc white too. box, yeah, and half orc, but it's cool to have those in there. I like those options. Yeah, I, I like the whole section that you're talking about, Vince, where you have the the box to the side, the the house rules stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, well, that's and that's just playing into showing to this game as you know, it's your game. You do what you want with it. And also, yeah. there's a house rule. Like in this, you can have a race and a class, just like mm -hmm. you know, one e and up, mm -hmm. but. Or does Rule Psychopedia do that too, Glenn? Um, no, they're pretty much racist class. Yeah, he has a, a house rule in here on page 21 that allows the referee to do race as class if you want to do more of a classic style. Right. Yeah. So I like that too. They, uh, which is which is nice. They actually get to race as class for stuff that doesn't covered in basic or the Rule Psychopedia, like half orcs exactly. are equivalent to barbarians and things like that. I'm surprised you read those boxes, Vince, because I know you hate box text. Uh, no, I hate <laughs> such an ass. I hate <laughs> I hate box text reading box text in modules. Like I hate those. I know. Oh, I couldn't stand that when you uh, had to uh, read this long page and a half thing to players. It's like I could just recap it myself. Yeah, you know what? Longest box text ever. Uh, Isle oh. of the Ape. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my. Did God. you guys notice something also in this that there is dice pools for each class to roll for your attributes? Yeah. It's not the standard 3d6, you know, roll straight down or whatever, 4d6 drop to lowest. Each race has its own strength, 2d6 plus 6. Dexterity, 2d6 plus 1. That's how you roll for all these classes, it looks yep. like. And uh, also, I noticed, like, after third level, you just get a flat bonus on most yeah, of them. Yeah, on the classes. Uh, so we... Uh, it's like, wow. <laughs> heading over to classes now, we, we have the acrobat... Uh, you said the thief acrobat is a house rule. We have the barbarian, uh, and we have the defiler of magic, which is kind of interesting if you read that. Mm -hmm. Oh, the, bar uh, the barbarian variant? Yeah. Bard, yes. which we don't normally see in basic. We see that mostly in first and up. Is bard in second edition, Glenn? Mm, yes. Okay. Yeah, bard yes. is his own class. Yeah, that was that was uh, that was the major rewrite from first to second edition because everybody wanted to play a bard, but it was too damn hard to get there. Yeah, it yep. was a big pain in the butt to become a bard in first edition. Yes, it was. Uh, we have the cavalier, which we don't normally see. We did see that a little bit in first edition in the um, unearthed arcana. Yes. 
Uh, I did like the night. So if you really want to play Eric. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We got our standard cleric. Uh, Nothing different about that. Druid. We have druid alignment, so you don't have to be restricted to true neutral. So you get an option there, which is awesome. Yeah, he pretty pretty much toes the line on paladins, though. And then we have the duelist, which we really... I haven't seen much of the duelist in basic or... I don't know if it was in the basic, but I know it wasn't... It was in first edition. It was duelist? No, that was yeah. Dragon it was magazine. an NPC class in yeah, Dragon Magazine. Yeah, I was gonna say that's a Dragon Magazine yeah. class. Well, we yeah. don't, I don't yeah. ever count using those as though. So, I'm sure there's a splat book for two E that has to. In fact, I know there is. It's in the Fighter's Handbook. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it was in there. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, called Swashbuckler, I think. Actually, it's funny because like there's two different types of swashbucklers in Second Edition. There's the Fighter's mm-hmm. Handbook swashbuckler, and there's the Thief's Handbook the thief swashbuckler. One. Yeah. One, each one, each one is a little different emphasis on it. Anyway. Uh, and they also have a pretty good house rule here called the Florentine style, which you can, uh, with permission, yeah. the duelist can fight with a short sword or a dagger in their offhand as long as they keep the weapon smaller in their offhand. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, we, they, and it doesn't look like they, you take, like, minuses for, like, offhand no, or anything. No, no, it doesn't look like it at all. Fighter yeah. goes into a whole general thing about fighter. And then we have Jester, which is <laughs> very interesting class. Um, yes, it is. I'm still trying to figure it out. I like the house rule, Mind of Madness. Yeah. With the referee's position, it may be ruled the gestures are immune to any spell or effects that would cause insanity due to, them, due to their minds already being freshly uh, yeah. screwed at the time. You know what I... Uh, another thing I liked before even the classes, rolling up what your profession is before you became that. Like you could have been yeah. a, a, a sailor or a lawyer... Well, nope. that was that was in one e. It's just yeah. it didn't go anywhere. Right. No one did anything with it. It's in the P, it's in the DMG. I, 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 I like did. that. That helps flesh out the background of the characters. Like because it even says in the section, it's like you know nobody starts off as an adventurer. It's like you had to be something before this. Well, That's I, why I always push for like even a just a tiny skill system or something because it's like no. you got to have some kind of skills from your previous life. Right. I always use that when, I, when players, if they had that background, if they were like uh, see a sailor and they were on a ship, I would give them a bonus to roll because they were had the background sure. of being a yeah. sailor. Uh, right. Monk class well, with a couple variations. Mm-hmm. Paladin. Um, let's see here. And then we have Ranger. Yeah. Um, Paladins get the ability to banish undead. That's nice. It's like, what, two levels lower than a cleric or something? Yeah, two levels lower. Uh I thought it was interesting that the uh, immunity to disease is a house rule. Well, it that's not in basic, and first, <clears throat> 1E has it, and I don't know if 2E paladins have the same thing, but we do have that. We do have our thief as normal, and there's some thieves can't, which is an optional rule, which is interesting because it's usually the same. Thieves can't that- what? The ability. Uh, he did it before I did. Good thing. Thank you, man. You're welcome. <laughs> you all suck. And <laughs> he does go with the optional rule that remember how thieves were able to decipher languages with a yeah. certain percentage uh-huh. in first edition. Now they gave it as a house rule here. Mm-hmm. I wanted. I'm sorry, James wasn't here. I wanted to ask him a question about the halfling. Oh, uh, he was busy this weekend. Yeah, uh, I know. But uh, he, he apparently halflings are quite the ladies' man because they got that one special ability with the wrist. Okay. <laughs> Let me look. Yeah, why don't you look oh, that flick up? of the wrist. Okay. Sorry, I was <laughs> reading something else. Yeah. Okay. 
We're gonna keep this as PG as possible, yeah, folks. Yeah, Glenn. <laughs> did you notice that he went? With... Why do you think I phrased it the way I did? Yeah. Yeah, I know, Glenn. <laughs> right. Did you notice that he went with wizard instead of magic user? Yes. Wizard. I'm, I'm curious why he went with wizard instead of magic user. Because he's bringing it back, man. Because no one says wizard enough. I don't know. I like magic user better. Maybe he's trying. Maybe he's down on sorcerers. I don't know. <laughs> It's totally wizard, man. Totally wizard. Well, that was like when I released um, some of the stuff. Eric did a review of Mazes and Perils on my on uh, the deluxe edition that's coming out in mm-hmm. June. Someone complained. Is like, oh, I can't stand that people are still using Magic User when we can use Wizard. I'm like, Who cares. Yeah. Nah, what you want? <laughs> then of course I got a complaint about uh, the fact that I use Fighting Man, and you know, this day and age, that's kind of sexist, but whatever. Oh God! Who said that? Uh, we won't get into names. Yeah, I'll go. I'll, right. on, I'll go down in my grave de- defending Oriental Adventures too. Yeah, I will too. Me too. Anyway, uh, we got our basic equipment. Yeah. There's nothing kind of really different about basic. It's laid out really nice with, of course, Elmore art uh, throughout the book, which is nice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is very nice. Uh, it goes into great detail about each weapon, which is nice because a lot of uh, books do not go into any detail about weapons. Okay, I got a, one thing about the weapons. I what's that? Didn't quite like was that it's all D6 damage. This oh, is just yeah. a pet peeve for me. I well, I, I must prefer varied dice. Well, yeah, there is, surprisingly, there is no house rule for that. Yeah. I thought there would be, but no, he's well, just going like D6 <clears throat> for, he's, he's, you know, or a number of D6 dice. I did. Uh, he's reaching all the way back to Holmes, yeah. Holmes. Yeah. I did that with Mazes and Perils. I did everything uh, from my book, all was D6 or 2D6 or whatever, but I also put a variation rule towards the end in the GM section. Saying, if you'd like to use different dice for the weapons, here here's the following tables. Because that was well, one of the things that a lot of the editors and readers were like, can't we have varied dice? I'm like, okay, well, I'll just throw it in there. Well, I'm Yeah, like, I mean, there's no reason why you couldn't do it here. Yeah. Well, I was accepting of the D6 because, unlike Holmes, it was not everything was 1D6. You got some that are 2D6, you got some that are 1D6 plus 1. Yeah. So he's throwing variations in there, he's just using one die. Yeah. I know Nick wants his uh, varied uh, thing. He has to justify. I mean, it's just one of those things. I mean, I you're you're absolutely right, Glenn. He's got some variants in there with the D six, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just this one of those things. I mean, it's not it's not like a deal breaker. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah. And you and I like the way he keeps one of my favorite things from Swords and Wizardry: one saving throw. Well, yeah, that's just Sword and Wizardry is based on that. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, I've always liked. That's one of the mechanics I've always liked. One saving throw with variations per class. Well, that's what they kind of did going in with fifth edition. They kind of reduced everything down to like three basic saving throws or four basic saving throws, as opposed to like all these different ones. Right. So then we get into a chapter of playing the game, talking about how to play the game. One thing I did like is that James took the time to give like a non-combat experience point reward chart. Mm-hmm. For those like extra that bonuses, interesting. yeah, I like that. That we had, Hackmaster has that. I've been doing this all along. Well, not exactly how James has it, uh, but I do things like this, like vote for the you know the MVP of the group, the one character of the group that's learned something yep. this week, things like uh-huh. that. But he has like a hundred XP reward. These are optional, of course, if you want to use them or not. Player accurately role plays their characters, race and class. You can give them an extra hundred for role play. Player character attempts a potentially life-threatening act of heroism, 250 experience points. Okay. 
Player can perform a surprising and clever deed that helps the party or another ally. 150. Player encourages other players to get involved. Roleplay contribute to the game. 100 XP. Making everyone at the table laugh out loud. 75. I, I'm guessing Glenn's going to be knocking these up all night long. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and then, I like the way I like they put it in there. You got to remind people these are benchmarks. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the fact that he took the time to say player takes the role of treasure keeper, keeper optional. You get a reward for that. So, mm. hey, uh, Glenn, this adventure I want you, if you don't mind, keep uh, a record of all the gold and things that they find. And you're like, okay, and then you get 50 experience points. Oh, okay, I'll take that. Say, well, how much do I get for being the mapper, too? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you would initiative tracker, someone that keeps track of initiative, 50 experience. That's a big deal for someone to do that for the GM. So Yeah. I never thought that would be a big deal until I started GMing regularly. Yeah. It's so it's I such never a realized pain it was to so track it. I'm thinking about the great days of champions where you had the phase chart. But here it's like, um, and he and you go no, I didn't go. Oh yeah, okay, you go first. I didn't know I was gonna do that. I thought I'd say, Oh yeah, I can keep it in my head, no problem. Uh uh. Well we were uh we were, we were doing like in our game yesterday, we were have we had like eight people playing the game even though half the party died but we had eight people playing the game and and it was kind of dragging along so the dm looks at us and he says is there anything we could do to make things speed up and i said to him why don't we try uh group initiative like in 1e mm -hmm. and he's like okay i said uh so you start at the player to the left you he rolls versus you and then whichever side wins goes and then mm -hmm. the next time around that next player after that will roll versus the gm and then so on and so forth and then I, and then one player was like, well, that kind of defeats the purpose of the feat, you know, if I have this and this and this and I'm set up for this and this to win all the time. And I said, essentially, you're still going to be going first no matter what. I mean, just think about if the side wins. And so we compromised and we decided to add every time our side roll, we'll just add his bonuses to the die because he was complaining and crying too much. So. Right. Um, when I when I run D and D or CNC or whatever, it's always like one one roll for all the monsters, one roll for all the players, and when the players go, I just go around the table left to right. Yeah, what, but sometimes you know, people it. like I understand left to right around the table, which I normally do. But then I found that the same people were always going first, and then the people who don't act kind of just sit there like. Ooh. So I I moved I'll along. One well, my, my group is really good at saying I want to hold my action until X goes. Ah, okay, good. And uh, so it's perfectly fine. If you don't go by the end of the round, then you lose the action. Sorry, buddy, you know. He also gives uh, some more... Next round. He gives some more uh, talk about combat and optional house rule of having people actually do the roles for everybody, which is interesting. Because mm -hmm. we all know... First edition, no one was supposed to roll but the DM. So yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I, I don't want that added added burden. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, a yeah. bunch of house rules on critical hits, heroic damage. Interesting there. And then we have our oh so familiar chart that Glenn probably would love to see on page seventy. The two hit <laughs> roll, Thacko chart. <clears throat> Thacko's hammer. Well, and I also like they kept the the. Uh, they kept the uh, swords and wizards thing of either ascending or descending armor class, whichever you prefer. Yeah, I'm wondering if they is that a stipulation for sword and wizardry to keep that in there? Uh, yes. Oh, is it okay? Yes, that's a, that's a swords and wizardry thing. If you see, watch anything they publish, um, like Frog God publishes or they publish, or yeah, this is Frog God. Frog God publishes all their monsters and stuff will have both ascending and descending armor class in there. 
in their stats. Oh, okay, that must be which part is of great because you use it with any edition. I, I guess that's part of their OGL agreement or something. Yeah, but I think it's great because it makes it so much more versatile. Everything's so much more versatile then. Uh, I've used the Tome of Horrors Complete in a second edition games. I've used it in basic games. I've used it in Labyrinth Lord. It just, it's, I love it. Awesome. We got some more uh, combat house rules, how to play the game. It goes through a whole three, about three pages of how to play the game, example of role-playing tips and everything. Right. Then we head over to spells and magic. Pretty much everything is similar to um, what What did you say they call magic missile in this? Uh, Arcane dart. Okay. Uh, This is a first level wizard spell, instantaneous. The spell Uh causes a bolt of sizzling magical energy to launch forth from the caster's hand to strike a target. It it inflicts 1d6 plus 1 points of damage. A A second dart is produced by the caster of fifth level or higher. And three darts are nine or higher. So it's a little different, but it's basically Magic Missile right there. Yeah, I could yep. quibble on the name because to me, like, Magic Missile is like, that sounds powerful. Arcane Dart is like, oh, I'm hurting you. Oh, I'm yeah. flicking at you. <laughs> and I'm so curious, like, <laughs> maybe maybe James did that to just be different. I'd have, yeah, have well, then I don't, I, like I said, I don't blame him for doing it. He just wants to, he wants his game to stand out. Oh, no, I don't, I'm not blaming him so, at all. I just thought it was just interesting that he had that and said, I looked, and there's no magic missile, so. Yeah, okay, well, that's fine. Basically, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't really see any other spells in here that were really different. I mean, there's, like, some spells are worded slightly different, but it's close enough to the original that they're, yeah. You'll get the idea, yeah. Yeah, you get the idea of it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I don't see anything else here. And then... We go to running the game, which is basically the DM referee point of it, which a lot of books don't go into advice about that, how to mm-hmm. bring the party together, designing adventures. Yeah, I like the part about themes. When someone, If somebody picks this uh, game up, Hero's Journey, the yeah. themes section is really, really good in my opinion. Yes. Because it gives you some is. ideas about, you know, the exploration of the unknown. You got... What are heroic characters? The dangers they may face, and the whole thing about what he talks about wonder. So you want to keep it kind of fresh, kind of. You want to keep some mystery. You don't see that in a lot of games. No, yeah. no. they'll just go. Oh, here's how to run it. Developing and, campaigns, and then we have our section on the monsters, which I didn't see anything in here that was mainly different. No, I didn't either. Uh, it does have some great uh, monsters in here. Do we have... I'm assuming they don't have the copyrighted ones in here. No. Probably, um, probably under another name. Hmm. Yeah. Death Knight is but, in here, though. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> Gotta have a Death Knight. Hey, is the Crypt thing in there? Never mind. <laughs> but, where would yeah, you find, where would you the, find the, that, the, Glenn? What? Where would you find um, that? There is something called the Brain Lord. Oh, what would that be? Oh, mm. you know what? <laughs> yeah, what this, would that These be? bizarre humanoids appear to have the head of an octopus and their bodies are covered in fish like scales. Hmm. Oh, no. And a lithid by any other name. That's still right. smells like. Now you got to give 10 cents fish. to Watsy. Mm-hmm. You just said that. 
damn. The lawyers will be contacting you, Glenn. Yes. Wait, wait. Oh, because of mind flares? Oh, now it's 20 cents. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. I think the uh, higher-ups will be contacting Glenn, Nick. I know. Our, our, our HR trouble. department is going to start blinging him out. Now, one this, thing is, I, this is why I'm hiding at North Texas. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I thought that was kind of interesting and I liked was the section on demons. Yeah, I'm looking at that right now. Yeah, so demons are creatures of lower planes of existence, but they are occasionally encountered in places where they've been enslaved to serve as guardians by powerful wizards or chaotic clerics. Mm -hmm. And the more intelligent varieties may, might also be interrupted while carrying out plots of their own. There is no meaningful game distinction between demons and devils. Yeah. I thought that was interesting because it sounds like, as far as when we're talking about the other planes of existence, there's just heaven and hell. Yeah, 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 and I, um, I'm, I'm kind of digging that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not complicated. You know, and and for I've I've always wanted someone to do a game system where they just flat out okay, there's heaven, there's hell. You know, don't yeah. worry about everything in between. But I, I guess kind of if you do the heaven and hell thing, you got to kind of stick with just God and devil. Well, I don't know if you have to. Maybe I guess you can go with gods. There's going to be multiple gods running heaven. Yeah, why not? All right. Oh, just call them immortals, like in basic. <gasps> that too. <laughs> but at least the succubus made its her way in. Yes. No picture though, darn. Oh. No comment though, darn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have dark elves of I had some idea of how she made her way in But I'm not going to say Whoa. Hey 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 I didn't say We do have our famous infamous uh, Invisible stalker Yay. Which was the yeah. best was the, was the best looking drawing In second edition I have to add with that, with that Yeah it is <laughs> that was funny. A blank box I, was, I always laughed at that when I saw it Second edi First edition actually has somewhat of a picture. Second edition, just a blank box. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, pretty much that is... You got your standard dragons in there. Yeah. Uh, giants, too. Sea serpents. I like that. Mm -hmm. Shambling under mound. I didn't look under... Do they have, like, humans or men listed on the monster section? They do have humans, and it breaks down, like, the bandits and things like that. I was wondering. The, every every version every version of Retroclone has their ver their, their different breakdown of humans. I've seen pirates. I've seen bandits. I've seen everyone is different. Yeah. Now he also. Uh, I think this kind of harkens back to basic D and D. How he did golems. You have flesh, glass, iron, and sure. stone oh. and wood. Yeah. Yeah, so. that's going. That's definitely a throwback. Mm -hmm. I love that picture of what is it, the iron golem he has there? Yeah. Oh yeah. I almost call it a steam golem. Oh yeah. Yeah, he looks it's looked like a look looks looks like a dwarf. Yeah. Oh he's na yeah, yeah, I love that picture too. Like it's pretty cool. Oh yeah, it is cool. Look at that cod piece. Whoa. Whoa, Nick. <laughs> I said cod piece. Oh, okay. Uh there is some rules here. You also. see, I'm getting risky. You're, you're ris oh. no Glenn, you're risque. Uh, page 161 after the monsters goes into how to make tougher monsters and monster levels. It even goes into creating monsters, how to design your own monsters, do uh, and, a and a wandering monster chart. So we got everything here that we need to play. Yeah, m tougher monsters, monster Now, levels. the last chapter is, I believe, 
Let me just magic items. Yeah, magic. I want to make sure there wasn't anything after it. Now, notice there was crafting magical items and there's myth points. Did anyone take notice of that on page one sixty five? Yeah, I saw the myth points thing, but I was looking for it in the rest of the. I like the myth point idea. It, it that's really kind of all it really talks about. Myth, uh, magical weapons, armor, and shields gain power not be by being forged, but by being part of a hero's legendary story. They accumulate myth points based on the wielder's actions, which eventually lead to permanent enhancement. The details of how these myth points are earned and what effects they have are detailed below. Player characters encountering magical weapons. Armors and shields will be unaware of that current item's number of myth points. That is left up to the referee based on the item's current level, power, and nature in the campaign. Uh-huh. So it doesn't... That's kind of really about it. <laughs> it doesn't really say anything more about yeah, it's, that. Yeah, it's, it's almost... It's, it is Gygaxian vagueness. Yeah. yeah. I like, like the, the idea about it where the, the magic item you get, the, the more experience you get as a character... That magic item, like say, we'll just say a magical sword, it gains power because it's attached to you in some fashion. Yeah, that I like sense. that idea. Uh, makes sense. So we basically just have our basic breakdown of all the magical weapons you can possibly think of, and there's a random chart. Then there's some named ones, and then we get some cursed items which a lot of books don't oh wait a minute now some of the uh, back up a little bit what some of the some of the named items i really liked okay. really? like the magic weapons like where was it um let me get to it here talk amongst yourselves uh so uh you know chili peppers where i get uh i remember that old joke glenn that was a joke that was an old one-liner. That was an old one-liner like, from Save or Die. That's right. Like you have the club of the treant. Yeah, I love this thing. This simple cudgel normally functions like a club plus two, but upon command, it'll it can transform into a seven-hit dice treant for one turn. <laughs> I like that. I love that. That is so cool. I might I'm, I might have to let that. The flail of threshing sounds pretty cool too. Like uh, don't make me don't let me let Treebeard out. That's right. <laughs> but what is this um, one? What about this one? Needle. That's Nick. a dagger plus two. That's ice cold to the touch. This one should remind you of a weapon here: the Warhammer of Jotun. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Normally, this weapon functions as a Warhammer plus two, but when it strikes a giant, that creature must make a saving throw or be slain instantly. Slain. Yeah. Did that sound yeah. like a sword of giant slime? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> uh, did you notice under the special magic armors? Uh, you what? could be you could be Captain America. There's a throwing shield. Yes, I saw that throwing shield, <sighs> Captain America. Captain America. I love that though. I thought that was pretty cool. There's some, like the ice mail. This set of perpetually frozen chainmail armor protects its wearer from all forms of fire damage. Both magical and mundane when it's worn. Fireballs, sizzles. Well, I got... Yeah, that's pretty cool. And our I, got, stuff... I got something to steal magic items from now. Yeah, Thank I know. You. A fireball doesn't do nothing. It doesn't do anything. The fireball sizzle and are snuffed out around him and lava cools and Just hardens under steam. his steam. Yeah. 
Oh man. I'm like, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> and then we uh, actually have the OGL on the back for uh, Sword and Wizardry and the standard OGL. For legal purposes. For legal purposes. 196 pages of wonderfulness, but no character sheet. James. Yeah. You can use, probably use a regular S&W character sheet if you yeah. want additions. No, like, no, you can't. It's half a sword. No, no character sheet. No, we're busting chops. I'm sure he has one on his <laughs> website, which I forgot to look for. But yeah, but you would and think this is, it would be in the book at least, like a, a link to it or something. That's the only uh, complaint I have, James. It's a perfect yeah. book, but no yeah. character sheet. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, you should <laughs> ask me or Corey to do it. Anyway, that's my <laughs> uh, but and we're we're paying what for this on like drive through. Um, a lot of money. Okay, so nobody will ever play it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can't afford it. Um, I think it's it like right four, now. fourteen ninety nine. Uh, let's see. They actually have a compatibility license on here too. I'm looking at. Oh yeah. Heroes, so if you want to make stuff for it. Wow! Look at that. The hero's journey is now listed as pay what you want. Oh, really? sweet. You get this complete book, 197 pages. Suggested average contribution is $3.74. Or wear out my zero. Wow. Or I zero it out, and it's all yours for free. Yeah. I will include a link to that in no the gold. show no notes gold. so all the folks can go download it. But I suggest you giving James a little bit of money after you review it yourself. Yeah, throw some coin his way. Hard work into his uh, supplements and his books. So, okay, so swords. Uh, starting with Nick, how many swords out of five? Oh my gosh, uh, four and a half out of five, for sure. Four and a half out of five. Gotcha, Glenn. Yeah, I'm docking a half for a no character sheet. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> I follow him. No character sheet, but everything else, it's golden. In fact, on Drive Through RPG, there the one of the reviews that says, "Is there a character sheet for this game somewhere?" <laughs> oh, <laughs> does that it actually says that? Oh, wow. Yes, under the reviews for the on discussions. Oh yeah, is there? A, I'm surprised. <laughs> is that a challenge? I can is make a, a character challenge? sheet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm surprised. Hmm. What about you, Vince? What do you rate it? Uh, I think it's a uh, perfect five. I mean, I, I don't care about the character sheet. I can just put it on an index card for all that really matters. I was just busting James's chops, and he's going to laugh at that. But, no, I think uh, five out of five, <laughs> solid book, solid game. Uh, so, um, what? why would you pick this over? I mean, there's tons of free, free RPGs out there and free versions of paid RPGs. Why would you pick this? Why would I pick this? I like the way it's written. I like the way it's laid out. I like the way it's presented. And if I like Sword and Wizardry White Box compatible, it's, ve- with Sword and it's and very White clear. Box. Yeah. Yes. Which is big points for me: clarity and organization. I also think this is a great game for if you want to introduce somebody to the, uh, the RPGs and they're and they're familiar with Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Or yeah. or a lot of theatrical stuff out there. This is a good gateway for that. Yeah, you know, if your dog ate your copy of Mazes and Perils, give him this. Yep. Oh, Glenn. <laughs> oh. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> just just punish the dog later, okay? <laughs> Could Glenn be any more ruder, folks? Write in staff at gmail.com. Find out what Glenn has to say about that. Give hey, us your... Vince, you wanted him on the show. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm lovable, remember? Sure. Just like a cactus, give him a big hug. Oh, 
uh, download Hero's Journey, The Hero's Journey by uh, James Spawn. Uh, give us your review, 570-865-4210, RFISAF at gmail.com, and let's head into our last segment of the night. Okay. Sage Advice. So we got some sage advice this week. Yes, we and, do. And uh, we have one voicemail, and we actually have a really nice email that uh, I'm going to take a look at in a second. But I'm going to start with the voicemail real quick. All right. All right. Hi, RFI folks. This is DM Kojo. Hey, this voicemail is in response to the email you read on 177 from Samwise about the business he runs, running games mostly for kids and charging pay-to-play. Um, as many listeners might know, I uh, teach middle school and I run a RPG club. And uh, although I didn't, uh, I don't charge to play. I did recently run a GoFundMe campaign to get some resources for the club because the school uh, had none to pay for it. And I don't begrudge these guys if they are running a business and they're able to make a profit and everything. Although I, on the other hand, I, I do feel uh, you know, a little uh, bad about it in that, you know, I don't I ask for anything in return for my running the club because, uh, you know, I'm happy to provide that service on my lunch period and my planning period uh, running games for kids, uh, what's now up to five days a week. Um, you know, and there's so many other adults I know who give up their time to help kids, whether it's as a coach of a little league team or as a Cub Scout, Scout leader, or things like that. And sometimes it's adults who don't even have necessarily a kid uh, on the team or in the program. They just want to help out. And uh, those, I think, are good examples for our children to see. Adults are willing to spend their time and help kids and help, have, uh, help them have a good time and learn from that. So that's why I do it. It's not about getting money. My campaign on GoFundMe was not about getting paid. It was about uh, getting resources for the club so that kids can get exposed to more types of games and hopefully expand the club and grow it uh, to more kids. So uh, I guess more good luck to Samwise if they can make a business out of this. I guess that's just not my cup of tea, um, but we could both argue both sides, I guess. So keep up the great work, guys. Love the show as always. Take care. Bye. All right. That was from oh, Kojo. Boy. Yeah, I remember seeing his GoFundMe on there. Yeah, he's actually, he has, uh, Tankar put something up on his blog about how he was uh, requesting <laughs> uh, donations for now. And um, let me see if I could find that real quick. But donations for his uh, little after school club uh, thing going on, which I think is a great program. And uh, I was actually, I'm on his friends with him on Facebook and he had a picture up the other day someone sent him like a, almost a 10 pound bag of dice with wow yeah it was like a huge he's like the biggest bag he he listed it at was the biggest bag of dice I've ever seen in my life wait a minute hold on Christopher Walken's here wow Uh-oh, it's out of control bag of dice ginormous I had to laugh because uh, when Tankar put the uh, blog post up he said uh, part-time co-host. <laughs> does he call? In, does he call in that much over there, Glenn? What? I'm does he sorry. call in that often to your show? 
Who, uh, Kojo? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're getting ready to name him as an unofficial fifth. Uh, <laughs> <Is he> the- <laughs> let's say with Saber Dow. He just likes calling into shows. That's okay. And we've had him on several times. He's 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 good for a fill-in host if one of us can't make it, mm-hmm. and we like we need four. Um, but paying to play, you know, I'm really a mixed feelings about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, well, I I participate in a in a gamer chat sometimes during the week called Giant Dragons on uh, on G Plus. Yeah. And um, there's this one guy that comes on there all the time. Maybe the same guy. I don't know if he is, but he's always like, his business is running games, and he always talks about how you know. And the the question always comes: Why should we pick you for pay for play when we got you know? And he's always like, Well, I bring quality to the table. I bring this thing to the table. Da, da, da. You know, he's constantly doing the pitch. And it's like the way he talks, it makes me less want to use him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't stand that when they're like, well, I bring quality. Well, do, well what about... What does what, that mean about the rest of us? Yeah. What about me, who sits there a couple hours a week? I don't bring quality. What about Glenn? He sits there and spends hours on his games. He doesn't mm-hmm. have quality? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just, he, he he's always dressing it from the business perspective. This is what you get when you hire me. And it's always hire me. You know, I charge X amount. Of, I make sure there's adventures in, and I've researched, and da 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 da. And it's like, and it's like, you know, we're gonna have to justify this. I mean, I can see somebody doing it once, you know, but if they're not having fun, you're not gonna get hired again. Yeah, there. I'm you gonna know? include a link in the show notes for uh, his GoFundMe. Uh, DM Kojo's his school RPG club. Yeah, I see that. Uh, he's still. A little bit sly of his 1500 he was asking for, and we got about, right now, 18 days as of this recording. So when this drops, it'll be 15 days left to okay. donate. And if you look at the donations, you, someone donated $250 in one shot. Wow. Yeah, I mean, mint, I mean $10, $10, $20. That picture, that picture you put up on Skype there, is that part of that humongous bag of dice? No, I think that's just some, this would actually look like a big giant like five gallon bag that you can buy in the um, to, like put stuff in the freezer and stuff like that. It was Mother full God. of dice. I couldn't believe it. That was wow. huge. Oh man! So what do you guys think of paper play? Paper play. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to get into that right now. We've spent two shows on that. Well, okay. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the whole point. Okay. No, no. But no. if you guys already did it, I'm not going to. You know. That's no, what no, no, no. We have. I a- gave you. I gave you my take on it, and there you go. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Anyway, uh, if you'd like to send in your comments, 570-865-4210. And we do have one email that talks about uh, the same situation again. Uh, Nick, go ahead. Yeah, uh, we have an email here from Goblin's Henchman. And uh, Goblin's Henchman goes into, Dear RFI staffers, just finished listening to your most recent podcast review of the Fungal Forest. Had a look on the RPG now, and it looks like an excellent product. And yeah, it is. It's really cool. Uh, however, I'm really writing in about the segment at the end of the show. I think your game, Sam, you gave Samwise of DMs Incorporated a bit of a hard time. I think it's probably because of your passion for the game. That said, I broadly agree with you. I've been thinking about why the whole concept of paying a DM to DM irks. No one begrudges paying money for the creators of Fungal Forest or even to you for your Patreon funding. Perhaps it's because it is all optional. 
maybe if DMs Incorporated offered a pay-what-you-want service, we'd all think better of it. We know that's not happening. <laughs> and he put this in bold next, and I think that the ultimate key point here is, I think the real problem is that gaming is social, not commercial. Well, yeah. Very profound statement. Yes. I, f I feel the same way about paying someone to DM as I would about paying someone to be my friend. A paid, quote-unquote, friend <laughs> could laugh at my jokes, plate my, ba my back hair, tell me I'm good-looking, and generally horse around with me. But in the end, it would be fake. If the DMs give you a nice magic item, it is because he's got a good tip last week? Mm. Would Samwise of DMs Incorporated risk black leafing the whole nursery group by TPKing the adventuring party? Nursery. No matter how stupidly they acted? <laughs> I like that nursery I don't know. group. <laughs> black leafing the whole party. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. A DM is the most important person in the gaming group, but most important, I mean pivotal. If the DM's heart is on the buck and not on the buckler, then the whole game would feel a bit bankrupt. The kids in the paid DM groups might enjoy themselves, but in the end, they're getting cheated out of the real and authentic experience. Matt is right. If there were babysitting or just so happened to be gaming on the side, then the gaming would be optional. The heart would their heart would be in it the thing the thing they enjoy doing and not just what they're paid to do i say that's my two pennies worth but just pay what you want <laughs> goblin's henchman yeah very well, well put. Yes, very well put yeah. um and i started to think a couple of things while i was while i was reading that and uh, one thing is i understand the concept and why they think first of all first of all it's they're thinking of a dm as an entertainer now I've been in, I've been doing stage acting since high school. Mm -hmm. I don't get paid for it. I know other people do. I would like to work up to that. But DMing isn't the same thing. It's it's just they're trying to and also it's also these people are trying to it's like somebody, well, I can't write or draw. I want to get into the gaming industry somehow. This is the way I'll do it. And it never works. Yeah, it it seems like that way to me too. You you hit the nail on the head there, Glenn. I yeah, yeah. It just seems like a backdoor way of trying to get into the gaming community, but yeah. the gaming industry, yeah, yeah, the gaming industry. You know, yeah, I guess you know that that kind of thing just doesn't work. Um, okay, how about if I start one? I'll do a pay per play. I'm the DM. I'll just put the the disclaimer: entertainment not guaranteed. How about that? Oh, that'll work. <laughs> sure. You know, TPKs, TPKs, you know, <laughs> there might be TPKs. You might be too old to run, you know, you have to be this high to go in the dungeon. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, you have, you have to be this high to avoid TPKs. But <laughs> hmm. anyway, that okay, I'm done. You sure? <laughs> Glenn, Glenn, Glenn. That was an interesting, those were two interesting, I wish we could get that kind of quality emails on our show. Sorry, Brian, it's not what it sounds like, but. <laughs> Interesting, though, uh, while you guys were doing it, I was just quickly trying to grab something for James's game, and uh, I found an alternate cover for the game, actually, if you want to put it up here. I wonder if, check that link out. Another okay. cover. I wonder if that was the original That's cover nice. of the game. Oh, wow. That is pretty. Yeah, because it's different fonting and different layout. 
and everything. It's really I'm gonna put that in the show notes just as the cover because it looks really cool. Yeah, it reminds it me does. of the first uh, of uh, Bases and Perils cover. It does. Oh. Remember, remember, it had that kick-ass, the kick-ass logo name on it, and that I designed and uh, wasn't used later. But I love it. Oh God, he did a good job on this. I mean, with the, with the guy with the book and the staff and everything. Yes. Yes. I wonder who did that. I don't know. It, I don't know that. It's uh, from a blog post that links back to Tankar's. Uh, blog so I'm wondering maybe that was the maybe Tankar knows oh, that must have been the original cover for it yeah it's a cool cover but I, I'm glad he went with the one he went with right now yeah either one would be great I mean honestly uh, either one you could have one for the front and the back yeah you know? that or would be really was, cool to kind of mix it up like that if this was POD you could choose your cover <laughs> I'm uh -huh. just saying you know? there you go Thinking saw, outside the box, Glenn. I'm I like, saw a guy who got who got the Rule Cycler PDF printed from Lulu and did an alternate cover, and it looked gorgeous. Really? Yeah, yeah. You, you can do that with Lulu, so. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can pretty much upload whatever you want as long as you keep it private and to yourself. It's so if I wanted a picture of Dan Hoover on my cover, I could have that there. Yeah, you could. I mean, it's basically <laughs> like you're going to the local printing shop and saying... Here's my book. I, I want this cover on it and this, and they'll just go, okay, brr, print it up and yeah, give it to I you. but I ended up with the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. That's if you want that, Nick. <laughs> you, you're, it could be a picture of you on the front cover for all that matters. No, I wouldn't want that. No. I know. I did, I did that for my uh, GM screen for Gangbusters because I use the customizable ones. Mm -hmm. So I was doing the inserts, and I can't do color here, so I have to go to, like, Office Depot. Yeah. And the assistant manager was doing it, and it was two pictures, obviously, from from. from Holloway, and the guy says, "Oh, is this your artwork?" And I, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, not anymore. I wish I could do stuff like that again. <laughs> wink, wink. Just print the damn thing. Thank you. <laughs> wait, wait, nudge, not sustainable, yeah, sustainable. Pretty much. Yeah, those it can get tricky, but that is it's a beautiful cover. It really is. Uh, mm. We did get a couple questions about um, some things. Uh, I'm not going to read them exactly. DM. Um, actually, Freddie wrote in and asked about what the volume number scheme is on our podcast. <laughs> well, That's what if we question. decided? <laughs> um, so, the fourth host. Yeah, so basically Whenever the volume... Whenever we get a new fourth host. Yeah. Uh, it's volume... Every time we have a new volume is when we either lose or gain a fourth host. So, yeah. so, when, I, so when I start being on here regularly, you get a, like a new volume, or if somebody else drops, you get a new volume? Uh, no, we the general three is Mick, myself, and Matt. Anybody else that's added on as a permanent fourth host, we've had Jason, Chad, Will. No, it was Jason, Will, Chad. <laughs> then we had um, Sal. Sal. Okay. So that's and, four. So all those were different volumes. Yeah, and then now that we have nobody, we just went to another volume again. The, 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 okay. the we're on the uh, sixth volume. It's like... It's like Spinal Tap, I've always said. Yeah. You know, they're drummer versus the Flames, whatever. You're so the fourth, fourth guy in this. Something's going to happen to you. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to burst into flames, man. Yeah. Yeah, so we're just keeping that fourth seat open as just an open until either Sal decides he can come back again or we just don't fill it. So. Or I can actually come on here. Uh, anyway. 
Glenn, you're fired. Whatever. Oh. I've been, you know, how many times I've been fired and hired around here? Uh, <laughs> so more than I like a revolving so. door. Glenn, yeah. Glenn is like the WGP. Uh, I feel like uh, like Billy Billy Martin. <laughs> I'm the Billy Martin of Wild Games Productions. <laughs> I was going to say that, or you're the Community Bicycle. Oh, oh God! <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Oh, by the way, let me. Plug oh, one more. Let, While I'm on here, let me plug one more thing in a way to get Vince to listen. My my uh, video series, Old Man Grognard. Oh yes. Look for look for the episode "Ditch the Box." That'll talk all about how you can do box text and not put people to sleep. And that's on YouTube. That's on YouTube. Old yes. Man Grognard. I'm old, going old, now. Old Man Grognard. Old Man O L E. I'll put a link in the show notes. Yeah, oh, apostrophe. But, uh, yeah, I did one on box text just for you, Vince. Oh, did you even talk about Me Too and and try to make fun of me like you normally do? No. No, (laughs) I just, it's like, this one's for Vince. I'm just going to do it and put it out there, and he'll thank me for it. Oh, there you are. Someday. But I wanted to address that anyway. I mean, I just did a sh- I did just did an episode about dice. It took me like 69 episodes before I got around to talking about dice. So, anyway. Well, lucky you. Lucky me, yeah. yeah look if at I- you over there on yeah. YouTube. How about that? You see that? We're in the, we're in the fedora. Ain't that pretty? So yeah. go ahead and check out Glenn's yeah. uh, video show, and I'll throw a link of that as well. If you have any and comments if, or concerns, you can every, write us. Anything, everything goes great. We may be doing an episode from North Texas RPG Con. Sweet. Sweet. Uh, we did get a, uh, an email in also from uh, an anonymous person because it came from a, a, an unknown email address, but uh, it was someone saying to the effect of he is happy that we do not include personal views or whatever life views inside of our podcast unlike some other podcasts on the network not sure who he's referencing or what was said on other shows in this network but I assure you this podcast we will not do that ever and we never have and as Nick said one show the big two you never talk about on this show is politics and uh, religion and the third one the great pumpkin Nick well you Personal views. You know what I think about this guy? Uh, never mind. Yeah, not. <laughs> yeah, we keep those out of the show. And uh, anonymous email at email dot com. Uh, we thank you for your email. Thank you. Yes, thank you. So we're gonna say that's the end of the show. So keep it original. And uh, good night, everybody. See ya. Goodbye. Podcast is a production of Wild Games Productions in association with d20radio.com. You can visit us at rfipodcast.com or contact us on our forums at osrgaming.org or even by calling us at 570-865-4210. This podcast is produced for entertainment purposes only. All other uses are prohibited. And remember, if your magic missile spell doesn't automatically hit, you're playing the wrong edition. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Roll for Initiative.